0: You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another social distancing version of the One Pridecast. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy out there. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, we're going to provide you guys with some entertainment as you guys are in self isolation with your families. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode because we are going to talk all things NFL draft with NFL draft analyst Lance Zerline. Lance, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast today. No problem at all. So you guys probably read a lot of Lance's work. If you go on NFL.com and you're going through the draft prospects, you're you're reading up on these guys, Lance is the one who is writing all of those things. So he's going to give us some really great insight on these players. Lance, first of all, give us some perspective on what you go through to write up all of those reports on these draft prospects. Well,
1: so it's a process. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I try to work off of, first and foremost, uh, the players who are invited to the Senior Bowl or who are on the – it starts off with the Senior Bowl watch list. I uh, pay attention to player – you know, the best underclassmen who are likely to come out or who I expect to come out. I talk to scouts about guys who are likely to come out. I try to uh, create that list. And then basically I just work off of Senior Bowl, then um, – combine invites, and then we, you know, clean it up after that. I write, I write, clean it up, meaning get to my 500. I've got to write 500 players up every year. Wow! And when I have a player I look at, I will do some research, uh, you know, read his bio and background at the school. I, I go into a deep dive of, of uh, uh, some of their analytics and some of the data. I will... Uh, read up on the internet. I mean, I just Google search names. Sometimes i look at social media pages to get a, yeah. the person. And then, and then I get to the tape and the tape is a lion's share of it, but it is a process. And I do try to utilize as much as I can to create personality profiles in my own mind about players. I'll reach out to, to, uh, to scouts and NFL teams at a variety of times to ask questions about some of these guys for a little bit more insight, sometimes to the colleges themselves. So you know, it's uh for an average prospect, it's going to be about an hour and a half to, to really get through all of that, and maybe a total of two hours to uh, to get the write-up done. So, I might get four, uh, four to five, usually four players done in a day, and um, at that pace, unfortunately, it's a a six or seven day uh, per week job from I guess definitely December, January, February. Uh, for those three months.
0: No doubt. I mean, 500 prospects at, you know, three and a half, four hours a prospect that that you're spending on these guys, that is a lot of background work that you are putting into these players. You mentioned starting with the Senior Bowl prospects. I think that's a great place to start with our conversation about the Lions, because that is something that they have going for them this year that a lot of other teams don't have. It's them and the Bengals who got to spend all that one-on-one time with those players at the Senior Bowl. You have to think that that kind of gives them some some inside information that other teams don't have considering all the cancellations due to COVID.
1: There's no question. There, There's no question about it. And I think that that will be something that the Lions can lean more heavily on is, is their um, some of their relationships, some of the, the conversations that they had, some of their ability to, to analyze players and get a feel for their personalities, not just on the field, but but through practice, the ability to, to, to take a look and get a feel for who some of the, the more, um, you know, the, from a leadership standpoint, who some of the leaders were, some of the alphas on the field were, guys who were coachable, guys who showed an ability to listen and and, and uh, uh, maintain uh, the the information that they were given. How do you retain and spit it back out? So there's a lot of different ways that coaches can benefit from from being senior, you know, from being in charge of the, the south or the north at the Senior Bowl. And I I think the Lions will have some guys that they are able to target specifically that they'll feel very good about, despite the fact that they haven't had the individual private visits that uh, the teams usually get every year.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that that will help them as they go through the evaluation process leading into this year's draft. Obviously, it was supposed to be in Las Vegas. Things look a lot different right now. We are preparing for an all-virtual draft, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. The Lions are picking at pick number three, so even with the craziness of what this draft looks like, it's a pretty exciting pick to have. I mean, you kind of know. Joe Burrow and Chase Young are kind of those one-two prospects there. What do you think might happen for the Lions with the third pick?
1: Uh, it's tough because I think in most years there would be, because of the visits, because of agents, you know, kind of leaking information and, and trying to push different things to different teams, I think in most years that would have been a hotbed for trade activity, but I, I'm just not sure we're going to see that now. I don't know mm. that there will be the offers. That the Lions might have had in years past, because we just things are a little bit incomplete. The Teams don't have full medicals on 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 uh, Tunga Valoa, for example, from from Alabama, who is one of the guys that could have been a trade-up spot. And I th- I know that I've you know personally I projected some trade-ups into the Lions' position because I think it's just a great spot for the Lions to be able to move back to five or move back to six, and still get a cornerback like Jeffrey Akuda still have the potential to, you know, uh, maybe an Isaiah Simmons is still on the board. And and now I'm not so certain that that is going to be available unless they're willing to take a discounted price tag. But mm. I think it just makes it a lot harder anyway with this being, you know, with with the limitations of visits, with everything being on Zoom, I think a lot of teams are going to just really hyper-focus on where they are currently sitting in the draft and maybe making the best selection there. So I'm not, I'm not sure that that's a trade in spot. anymore.
0: That's really interesting because I think leading into this draft, there has been so much talk about the Lions trading that third pick, but I mean, everything changes, right? When, when things have looked so different uh, in this pre-draft process. So I think that that really is interesting to see how that could affect what the Lions do with that third pick. If they stick at number three, then who do you think they pick?
1: Well, I think the the guy that makes the most sense is Jeffrey Okuda. He is a long-limbed man corner. Um, he's got a very good athletic profile. He can make plays on the football. Um, I think he has a, a good football character as well. Somebody who's going to work at it and somebody who has a chance to keep getting better and improving. So when you look at players who have higher upsides, you want to see the athletic traits. You want to see the football character, and and you want to you know you want to know that with more coaching they have a chance to step into a bigger and better um, you know, bigger and better amounts of production. And I think that Jeffrey Okuda does hit that mark and cornerback is one of the positions that you would consider to be the big four pass rusher uh, left tackle, um, obviously cornerback and quarterback. Those are the four big ones over the Mm. years that we've looked at. So he does fit that mold. Now, whether or not, you know, whether or not Detroit is comfortable with him that high on the board, that's, you know, we would find that out. I don't think it's outrageous that you could look at at drafting a player like Isaiah Simmons as early as three. He's got very, very special um, athletic traits. He is long. He's explosive. He can play in a a very versatile schemes. He's got the ability to play. And you look at, by the way, where Matt Patricia came from, the the New England Patriots have had guys like Jamie Collin and Kyle Van Noy, who have had some ability to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, longer, more athletic types of, of players. And so it's, it, it also makes some sense from a physical makeup standpoint that he would be a fit for the Lions there at three as well.
0: Sure. Now you think that the Lions, <laughs> if a trade scenario ends up coming into play, you think that they could still get their hands on either one of those guys should they drop back a few spots?
1: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's possible. I mean, it you know, it's all going to depend on whether or, not, uh, whether or not teams are really excited about the quarterbacks. Th- this whole draft is going to really be defined by whether or not teams are excited about quarterback in picks one through six. We know one is going to be a quarterback. We don't exactly know five. There's been assumptions forever that five and six need quarterback, but let's see how they have them, you know, graded on the board. Let's see how teams feel about Tua with, uh, you know, with an inability to put him through a medical exam with their own team on their, you know, on their own home soil and, and with their, you know, inside their facilities. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a vast selection of T-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com. Your 24-7 home for Lions gear.
0: You mentioned those big four. There are a couple spots in those big four that are also needs for the Lions, one of them being pass rusher. Now, a lot of the talk has been that there really isn't a pass rusher at number three, you know, outside of Chase Young somehow falling to the Lions at three uh, that that you would take at the third uh, position. But later on in the draft, that's certainly not out of the question for them. I expect that that's a spot that they probably target. Who are some names that maybe make sense outside of the first round for the Lions?
1: Well, out of the first round, it really depends on how early that you want to target it. Because this is not, I mean, once you get past the first round, there's probably three different pass rushers for me personally that I would consider in the first round. And then once you get clear of that, you know, the next, I think you're going to see more of a a run on pass rushers going to second and third rounds. I think day two is where you'll see some of the pass rushers, Jason Strobridge, you know, I, I I couldn't help, but watch Matt Patricia who was coaching Jason Strobridge from North Carolina And, and when you see him, he looks a lot like, physically, like Deatrick Wise. And and Deatrick Wise came out of Arkansas. He was a fourth-round pick. He has you know, been a, been a player who's had some success with the New England Patriots. And he's that same kind of long-levered defensive end. That's not a classic pass rusher, but he has some traits that help him get to the quarterback. And he had a good week at Senior Bowl. And I think that in the third round, he could be a guy that – because they are comfortable with having that, that relationship with him, coaching him in the senior bowl, that he could be a guy that could make some sense uh, there in, in round three for the Detroit line. So I, and I have a third round projection on him and he's been one of the, you know, he's been one of the players that I thought fit the physical makeup. Travis Gibson is another one from Tulsa. I think he's more of a fourth round pick, but he's another one that fits that physical dimension that we just talked about. And he's got a lot of upfield charge. He is a really high energy pass rusher whose brother was a power forward for Kansas State. He's a very rugged, physical player who's still grown into his body. And I really like his upside. So I think he's one that you could find in the fourth round. In the second round, you know, Julian Aquara is a player yeah. who needs better strength. But, and there's a question about how he handles first down. Can he handle rundowns? But as a pass rusher, he's a long-limbed guy with some ability to create speed to power as a pass rusher. And I think his best days are in front of him uh, as a rusher. Terrell Lewis, uh, he's another one who I think is an early second-round type of pass rusher out of Alabama. He is long-armed. He has had some injury issues, so that's going to be a little bit of a concern. But he is the type of of long-limbed rusher that would make some sense for what Detroit typically likes likes. I think AJ Epinesa from Iowa could be on the board there in the second round. And I know that's a a name that has garnered some attention in the first round for quite a while. It didn't work out great. And I think he's not a real explosive athlete. So there is a chance that he could be available in the second round and might be a fit there as well. And I'll give you one more name uh, because I'm not looking at smaller guys. I'm looking at guys with some size or sure. some real length to try, you know, try to fit the profile. It's named Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee, who is an explosive, um, physical, twitchy, athletic defensive end out of, you know, out of Tennessee who hasn't always, you don't see as much production as a rusher is, is you should based on his athletic profile. However, that's coachable. And, What's not coachable is that twitchy, explosive athleticism, and he's got that. So I think Daryl Taylor is another guy that you could see potentially uh, targeted in the third or if he were to fall the early fourth.
0: Yeah, that's a great list of names. I mean, Julian O'Quara, brother of Lion, Romeo Aquara. So it'd be interesting to see those two uh, siblings there on the defensive line. And then Jason Strobridge definitely stood out to me watching at the Senior Bowl, just watching the Lions coaching staff work with him uh one-on-one there at the senior bowl uh, so that name sticks out from my time in mobile as well there's also the quarterback position I mean that one is something that has created a lot of buzz around this team this offseason uh you know first with the Lions front office saying that no Matthew Stafford is our guy we're not thinking about trading him but you do think about what the po- Future of the position looks like for this team. They brought in a veteran backup and Chase Daniel during free agency. But who do you have there with youth to kind of build for the future? If the Lions decide that they want to take a quarterback at some point in this draft, maybe it's not at number three, uh, what are some names that they might be looking at?
1: If you were going to look at quarterback to develop him as a starter, you know, you're probably talking about that 35th pick with uh, Jacob Eason. That would be potential if eason were to fall to uh, pick number 67 which would be a full round deeper because it's kind of hard to project where quarterbacks could go so there's a chance you know 35 would be early for me for eason but he may not be there at 67 so but but those would be the two hot spots for jacob eason after that you really have jake Front you have jalen hurts who i I don't know if he's a starting caliber. I think he might be a low end starting caliber quarterback, but I think he's going to end up going sometime in the second round. I think 35 is way too early uh, for that. You could take a look at him in, in, in with one of the two third round picks, I think Jake Fromm would make some sense with the, the first pick of the, of the fourth round pick one Oh nine, uh, or even, you know, if he's still on a board pick 149. but those picks, those two picks, the, uh, uh, the fourth round pick or the for the first fifth round pick if Jake Fromm is on the board he's really more of a, a good backup to low end starter as a ceiling so you know I'm not sure any of these quarterbacks are guys that you would see as quarterbacks of the future um, and, and someone that you would really try to build around in the future it's just not that kind of draft this year Jacob Eason is and, and, and maybe maybe Jalen Hurts, in some people's opinion, might be those guys, but I really think Eason is probably the only one that would fit in with what the Lions you know, currently um, work with offensively.
0: All right, good good perspective there. Then you look at the offensive line. They obviously let Graham Glasgow go in free agency, and you kind of wonder what will happen uh, in the interior of that offensive line. And last year they kind of had a rotation there at that spot, but do they draft a guy who, who can kind of step in and, and work towards being a full-time starter there? If they're going to draft a guard or, or somebody on the interior of the offensive line, who would they look at?
1: Well, there's actually getting the third round. It's pretty good. I, I like John Simpson from Clemson is a player that I like a lot. I think he's really more of a second round pick. He might go late second, could be available um, early third. So for me, I would say John Simpson, Robert Hunt from University of Louisiana, Lafayette, who people aren't really talking about because he was hurt at the end of the year. So he wasn't able to play in the senior bowl, wasn't able to go to the combine, isn't able to go to any of the, you know, the the pro day visits, but he's got some talent. And I, I think Robert Hunt has the ability to become a solid NFL starter. So I would say John Simpson, Robert Hunt, and then uh, maybe Damian Lewis is another one. If you want starting level uh, guards who can move people off the ball, those would be three of the names. Damian Lewis from LSU I think would be a fourth-round pick. So the first two guys I would say probably you, you'd want to dig around in the third round and you got two third-round picks. But once you get to Damian Lewis, I'm looking at more of the fourth round. And then there's big bodies like Ben Bredesen from Michigan who could be a fourth or fifth rounder as well, depending on how the board shakes out. So there, it's not a deep year for guards, but there are some guys that I think um, who could come in quickly and, and start for the Lions or who could be eventual starters by next year.
0: Well, I think a lot of Lions fans' ears probably perked up when they hear another Michigan player joining the Lions, potentially. Uh, When you talk about strong position groups in this draft, wide receiver is one that continuously gets talked about as just one of the deepest positions in this draft. The Lions have their returning uh, wide receiver core, but they probably need some youth there. If the Lions are going to address that spot, uh, you know, maybe outside of the first round, who would they look at?
1: Well, it depends on what kind of priority you wanted to, you know, that you were looking to make wide receiver. I mean, in terms of the picks the Lions have, and and this is a deep year for wide receiver. I think, you know, the earliest you would probably look um, based on your wide receiving core, I mean, you've got some people to work with, but while I'm looking right now, I I still think you can add some. I, I don't think it's outrageous to look in the third round. At a wide receiver who might be able to fit in in the very near future. So I'll give you some guys to look at in the third, fourth, and maybe a sleeper in the fifth. Uh, let's start with Isaiah Coulter would be more of a, a fourth-round pick from Rhode Island, kind of a big, long player who can play on the outside. And I think he's got he He's got a lot of talent and athleticism. He's coming from a smaller school, and there's a question about whether or not he's going to be able to fit in fairly quickly or if it's going to be a longer run up before he's ready as an NFL player if you're looking at a slot KJ Hill from Ohio State could be uh, a consideration with the second pick in the third round Van Jefferson out of Florida could be another one these are guys who are going to potentially offer um, you know some I wouldn't say competition for Amendola but I would say that they would be potential replacements in the future who could also step in and you know, and and, and get some some reps if Amendola ever went down or maybe even some four wide receiver sets. Um, Another player in the, let's see, in the third round. I'll give you another one in the fourth round who reminds me of Kenny Galladay a little bit. And that's, he doesn't have Galladay's kind of vertical playmaking, but Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State has tremendous ball skills. The question is just whether or not he'll separate. But he's more of a fourth or fifth round player and then one of my favorites in this draft is going to fall into the third round range and maybe even early fourth because of his injury and that's Brian Edwards out of South Carolina he's tough he's got good speed he's got great size and I and and to me he's going to be one of those bargain hunters uh, one of the bargain hunters in the third round because he's got a foot injury they're going to jump in there grab Brian Edwards and if his physicals you know check out and if he's fully recovered he's going to end up becoming a a good solid number 2 wide receiver in the league
0: I love it I love all these names that people who kind of loosely follow the draft probably aren't as clued in on but I I love hearing from you on these guys who are in uh the day 2 day 3 rounds and and guys that could end up on this Lions roster. It's good to for Lions fans to familiarize themselves with these names as we head into what should be a very interesting uh, draft process. I know you talked about how the, the trade scenarios might be affected by the way that things are different this year. How else do you feel like we might see a different draft in 2020 just because of the limitations? Uh,
1: there's going to be some ways that it might be different that you won't really be able to tell as a fan. I think that, You'll see teams really have to to lean heavily on less on traits and more on um, their evaluations from their area scouts because they don't have you know they, they don't have the same. Amount. I mean, they're all doing Zoom meetings with these different prospects. but They're going to have to really rely on their area scouts for when it comes to an analysis of player you know uh, player character, football character. Uh, Durability, and the, you know, these guys will have really had to do their homework on the area level from a scouting standpoint inside the team. So, I think the teams with the best scouting departments will have the best chances for success. And that's not always, I know it seems like that's what it should always be, but a lot of times, pro days and, and some guys will pop on pro days and, and hit the radars of teams where other Other teams are hoping they don't, you know, another team may have a guy circled and they're hoping that a guy doesn't have a great workout because they want him to stay off the radar. And then that player does work out well. And then teams are able to get on them late. So I think the teams with the best area scouts are going to do well. And then there's not going to be as many non combine draft picks this year. There's Mm going to be fewer and fewer because there's not the medicals that can be done for those players with those 30, uh, 30 private workout visits that the teams are used to having. So I think we're going to see more players drafted directly from the combine than before. That's another big difference this year. The small school and off the radar prospects are probably going to end up free agents as opposed to late round picks.
0: Mm, That's a really good point. Lance, thank you so much for spending some time with us here as as we're all kind of getting ready for what will be a very different draft this year. We appreciate all of your insight and, and all the knowledge that you bring to the table with all of these draft prospects. I hope that after this draft is over, you are able to get some much needed rest. So thank you so much.
1: All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tori.